Hello everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and welcome to Plain Market Talk, where I will provide a straightforward interpretation and analysis of current market news based on my background as a retired Wall Street stockbroker with almost 50 years of experience. And I will also provide business lessons to help you become much more successful with your personal finance, trading, and investments. So let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Welcome to Plain Market Talk. Uh, today is Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. Okay, uh, we'll talk about what went on with the markets today. They were actually down on the uh, rate hike by the Federal Reserve, so we'll talk about that. Uh, and then whatever other news we have. Uh, but I also want to continue on with the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Uh, okay, so first of all, the markets. Um, yeah, markets are actually all over the place today, but they did finish down. Uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average now 1.70%, uh, S&P 500 down 1.71%, and the NASDAQ Composite down 1.79%. Okay, so we'll get back to that in just a little bit with the Federal Reserve and uh, what happened. But first of all, I want to continue on uh, with the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So on the last session, I started coverage of stock market indices, measures of the overall stock market, and I started with probably the best known, uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So in the last session, I talked about what it is, its history, uh, the components that make it up, and so forth. So today I want to talk a little bit more about the uh, actual calculation of it and also give you the uh, returns by decade uh, for the last 100 years or so. Okay, so first of all, uh, it's at a level of 30,183.78. That's where it finished today. Now, if you were to look at the 30 stocks, you know, the ones I, I, I covered last time, that make up the average and look at their uh, closing price today, all you have to do is use a search engine, type in Dow Jones Industrial Average, or probably just DJIA, the initials, uh, component price, and you will bring them up. Uh, and the average is actually $150 a share. Although they do range quite a bit, I believe Intel is the lowest price of the 30 at a little over $28 a share. And I believe United Healthcare uh, or United Health Services is, I believe, around $512 a share. But the average is about $150. So, uh, so how do we get this number, 30183 from an average price of $150 a share if it's supposed to be an average price of the 30 stocks? Okay. Bottom line, what this 30183 number is, that is the average price of each stock that has made up the average over the years if they, um, if they had never split their stock. It's basically what this is. Um, so here's how it works. Uh, if you had a stock that's at $100 a share and it does a two-for-one stock split, and I'll cover stock splits in much more detail on an upcoming lesson, but if it's $100 a share and it does a two-for-one stock split, well, now you have two shares valued at $50 a share. Well, a mathematical adjustment, if that was a Dow 30 stock, a mathematical adjustment would have to be made as to how, to, um, how the average is calculated, or it looks like one of its 30 stocks just lost half its value. So the way it's done, it's with the bottom number, the divider, uh, a divisor actually specifically is what it's called, uh, the denominator, uh, D for down. Uh, so a mathematical adjustment is made to keep the average consistent. Also, as, as one company, you know, Dow Jones Company I mentioned last time, they have a committee that periodically updates the uh, 30 component stocks to make up the average. 
if they take out a stock that's selling at $50 a share, replace it with a stock selling at 30, they have to make some mathematical adjustments there also. But most of the adjustments actually came from splits. So long story short, the divisor today is 0.15, just a little bit over 0.15. So here's how the average is actually calculated. It's really not difficult at all. You take each of the 30 stocks, just say average $150 a share. So what you do is you multiply $150 times 30, that's $4,500, divide by 0.15, you come up with the 30,000 uh, numbers. So that, that's what that is. All right, so let's talk about uh, its history. It's, it's generally done well over the years. Um, and so uh, it was started in 1896 under more or less its present form. So we only had a few years for that decade. Uh, the first decade of the 20th century uh, from the year 1900 to 1909, uh, it averaged up just a little bit. Actually, its total return was just a little over 6% uh, for that first decade, but they also had a lot of component stocks moving in and out. There's a lot going on. All right, the 1910s, from 1910 to 1919. Now, I know some of you know, wait a minute, Bill, 1910 is the 10th year of the previous decade, and that that decade should start in the year 1911. Um, I, yeah, I know that, but uh, it's just the way it's calculated, like with music charts and all that. So anyway, so the 1910, so 1910 to 1919, total return was 8.26%. Now, that's not for the per year. That's for the whole decade. We also had World War I going on for a good part of that. All right. Uh, the 1920s, the Roaring Twenties, U.S. economy boomed in the 1920s. Uh, it, it was up a total of 132% uh, for the 1920s, although a crash right at the end of the decade. 1930s were the uh, decade of the Great Depression. Uh, it actually suffered its greatest loss. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 40% of its value uh, over the 10 years. It actually lost quite a bit. It lost, it lost almost 90% of its value uh, early on in the decade. It was only at 10% of where it once was, uh, but then began to recover as things went on. But it did suffer a total loss 40% for the 10 years, 1930s. 1940s, it was up total 33%. Most of that came in the second half of the decade after World War II ended. Uh, 1950s was a boom time for the U.S. economy, so the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average went up 240% total uh, for that uh, entire decade. You would have basically 2.4 times as much money at the end versus the beginning. 1960s was actually only up 18%. Yeah, there were some economic challenges in the 1960s, also Vietnam wars created a big strain on uh, the financial system in general, not just the U.S. Uh, federal government budget and so forth. But anyway, up 18%. Uh, 1970s wasn't really that great, but it still did go up 4.8%. Uh, we had oil embargoes, recessions, high inflation. Uh, I remember it well. So anyway, uh, that's actually a decade I got in the industry. So uh, up 4.8% for the 1970s. Uh, 1980s was a, was a good uh, 10 years, up 228% for the 10 years. 1990s were even better. This is the best decade we've had so far. Uh, it was up 315% over the 10-year time period. Uh, the 2000s actually was down 9.3%. Uh, we had everything from obviously September 11 to the real estate uh, co uh, collapse, of the oh, near collapse of the financial system. I'll talk more about that another day. We had the dot-com collapse, lots of issues. So that was a, a loss for the decade. Uh, and then the 2010s uh, from 2010 to 2019, 
uh, up 874%. Uh, so far from January 1st, 2020 till today, the total return's actually been 6.01%. So it's we've had ups, downs, but still up. All right. If I go back 100 years from 1920 till like 2019, just add up uh, the total, you know, returns, ups, downs, everything together, divide by 100, uh, it would, the average was up 10.955% a year, so just about 11%. Uh, there's actually a little bit more to that. That's a very simple way of doing it. you got to cal calculate compounding, all kinds of stuff. But anyway, all right, so that's basically an overview of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Uh, on the next session, I'll talk about a trading strategy that does have a somewhat good track record called dogs at a Dow. Okay, so let's talk about the Federal Reserve. I've talked about the Federal Reserve and other lessons, but a quick review. Federal Reserve is the central banking system of the United States, created in 1913. It answers to Congress, told by Congress to do three things, keep the economy of the United States growing as quickly as possible, uh, making sure everybody in this country wants a job, has one, so maximize employment, and keep inflation under control, inflation being a continuous rise in prices. Okay, so uh, when COVID hit, the Federal Reserve's main focus was on growing the economy and providing jobs. Uh, and the way it, the way it did that, it, it lowered interest rates, made it less expensive to borrow for individuals and businesses, and began increasing the money supply, basically made money, more money available to banks that they could lend out. Uh, they were the Federal Reserve was pumping $750 billion a month into the economy. It's called quantitative easing. Okay. But the problem is if the Fed does that, as it's called, for too much too long, it tends to begin to bring back inflation, which is not what we've been seeing for now the last year and a half. Um, inflation causes all kinds of long-term problems for an economy. You have individuals don't want to invest their money because what's it going to be worth in the future? Businesses don't want to invest for the same reason. It becomes more expensive to buy, you know, houses, cars, just all kinds of stuff. Uh, credit card interest rates start going up, just loans in general. Uh, as banks raise interest rates to stay ahead of inflation, uh, investors began selling stocks and buying bonds, which are loans to governments or corporations because they can get higher interest. It, it just creates lots of issues. So. Once inflation gets into an economy, it, it is hard to get out. So that's what the Federal Reserve has been battling now for the last year or so. And what they've been doing, they've been raising interest rates and they're now, start, they're now decreasing the money supply. As loans are paid off, new ones cannot be made. They're trying to slow the economy down. So the Federal Reserve raised interest rates today by three quarters of a percent. That is the third consecutive time they have done that. Federal Reserve has a policy a committee called the Federal Open Market Committee. They meet eight times a year, and this is now the third time in a row, so they brought interest rates now up 2.25%. The challenge the Federal Reserve has when they increase or decrease interest rates as well as increase and decrease the money supply, they don't see the results right away. It may take up to nine months or even longer to see the results, and also a lot of the economic data they look at is constantly being revised. Okay, so anyway, so that was expected, a three-quarter percent increase. So initially, the markets went up on that news because the markets don't like uncertainty. Then uh, Federal Reserve Chairman uh, Jerome Powell had a press conference afterward. He's very careful with his words because he knows the markets follow this. Uh, and basically said the Federal Reserve will continue to do whatever it takes to fight inflation 
indicated they might be looking to raise interest rates another one and a quarter percent, perhaps one and a half percent. And that seems to be what drove the market down. It might be somewhat of an overreaction. None of this was totally unexpected. Um, and so uh, I'm going to read you the Fed statement here in just a second. Uh, then we'll talk about what else we got to talk about today. Uh, and oh yeah, I want to talk about uh, uh, President uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, announcement about bringing more uh, men and probably some women into the Russian military. Uh, talk about that a little bit, how that might go over. Um, all right, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's the thing. The news was not unexpected at all. Uh, so you know, the next key the market's going to focus on. We've got the uh, third quarter of the year ending a week from Friday, September 30th. And then we will re-enter earnings season where companies begin reporting profits, talking about their forecast for the future. But anyway, so that's what happened. Uh, market um, just kind of got a little bit nervous when he said, talked about how aggressive and that maybe raise interest rates another one to one and a quarter percent. What does that affect specifically? It'll affect the interest rates for buying homes, uh, interest rates for buying cars, uh, credit cards, some credit cards uh, may begin raising their interest rates and just anybody with a variable rate loan. All right, so anyway. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, the Federal Reserve, this Federal Open Market Committee, I'll cover it again another day, but uh, they have a two-day two meeting. And what they do on uh, day two at two o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time, uh, what they do is um, they issue their policy statement. And it's usually relatively uh, short, but the key is they don't come out and just say what they're going to do all the time. You kind of have to learn to read the way they speak. So the way you can find this, if you want to read it yourself, just go to the website, federalreserve.gov, G-O-V, click on uh, the heading on top, monetary policy, and then go down to FOMC meetings, and then you'll see the, you can click on the .pdf. I think they have it in other formats too. I just used the PDF, so, and there it is. All right, so here it is. I'll, I'll read parts of it to you and tell you in plain English what this means. Uh, recent indicators point to modest growth in spending and production. In other words, the economy's still growing. Uh, job gains have been robust in recent months, and the unemployment rate has remained low. Now, that's important because one of the big drivers of inflation is a lot of employers are having trouble, trouble finding, finding workers. And so the way they attract new workers is they increase wages. For many companies, wages are their biggest expense. They pass it on in higher prices. All right, back to the Fed statement. Uh, I'm back to reading it now. Inflation remains elevated, reflecting supply and demand imbalances related to the pandemic. That is correct. We still have a lot of shipping issues. Companies are having trouble getting what they need. Uh, driving up prices as they compete for resources, also compete for limited shipping. Uh, anyway, inflation remains elevated, reflecting supply and demand imbalances related to the pandemic, higher food and energy prices, and broader price measures. All right, so we know about that. Um, here's a repeat of a statement they've been using, which is actually relevant. Russia's war against Ukraine is causing tremendous human and economic hardships, right, to say the least. Uh, the war and related elements are creating additional upward pressure on inflation. That is correct. Uh, Russian oil and gas um, has, been, has been cut off to some extent, at least. Uh, and also just higher food prices. Ukraine's having trouble getting its grain on the market and so forth. All right, it does say here the next sentence, so this is a key one they've repeated for several months now. The committee is highly attentive to inflation risks. That, that's just saying their main focus is on battling inflation. Moving on, 
Uh, they talk a little bit about the uh, you know interest rate increase, the numbers, but then here's a key sentence. In addition, the committee will continue reducing its holdings of treasury securities and agency debt and agency mortgage-backed securities. Okay, what does that mean? Basically what they do, um, when they increase the money supply, they don't just print money and give it to banks. Banks hold a lot of government debt, but they can't lend out the government debt, but they can lend out money. So what the Federal Reserve does to increase the money supply, it says the banks, give us your government debt, we'll give you cash in exchange. So it's kind of a net zero situation for the government, but then the uh, banks can lend that money back out. Well, now they're doing the opposite. It says reducing its holding of treasury securities and agency debt. In other words, we're going to take what we have, bring it, give it back to the banks, and they're going to give us cash in exchange. So, and so that's how they decrease the money supply. Uh, and then they just talk about how they'll continue to watch everything and make changes as needed. All right, so that's that. All right, our final uh, thing today. Yeah, as you might have heard, uh, President Putin war in Ukraine is obviously not going well for Russia. That's obvious, obvious now to the, uh, even the everyday Russian. And so he did go on television, I guess it was early this morning, uh, United States time, and basically announced he's bringing 300,000 more men into the military. Some of them are reservists, but apparently there's some indications this might also be a draft. Um, you know, it, it, it just would be my guess is probably anybody knows anything about Russia that that was not going to go over well with anybody. Talk about a draft. Uh, so it, it will be interesting to see what the reaction of that is. Uh, I don't think it's going to end well for him, uh, and I don't. And if, the reason I'm mentioning this, if things change suddenly over there, like, you know, I, I, I know a little bit about the government of Russia. Um, and I said this back in February when the war started. We may have a period eventually where we wake up one day. There are other people that you know, had top positions in the Russian government. And we wake up one day and Prime Minister Mishutin, uh, Deputy Prime Minister Belasov, that woman who always looks tough to me, Victoria uh, Abranchenko, she's a Deputy Prime Minister, uh, Dmitry uh, uh, Grigorenko, I think so I'm saying it right, uh, find out they're standing at a podium one morning uh, announcing President Putin's on a, the Black Sea Villa taking, quote, a vacation. Um, and, and then they blame everything on him and withdraw the troops. And then suddenly everything changes economically, financially, inflation-wise. So, you know, be ready for that. Things can happen. It may not happen, but it could. But I don't think this announcement's going to go over well with anybody there. And I did see a report that airlines, or the bookings are now jammed. Uh, with people trying to get out of the country. So we'll have to see what goes on with that. All right, so we'll get back to it here in a few days. I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, Bill Thompson, T-Bill, and I will talk to everybody again soon. Take care. See ya.